0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of Locked on Raptors. Sean here, and I'm joined today by Katie Heindel, one of our favorite regular contributors here on the podcast. And we're going to talk about Gary Trent Jr. He's kind of been the forgotten guy in Raptors training camp. He's been injured. He's not been available. He's not Scotty Barnes, and he's not six foot nine. So he's not really been a topic of conversation, but he's a very interesting piece. The Raptors just paid him this offseason, of course. And we're going to dig into how real was his last 17 games with the Raptors last season? What can we even take from it? And what will his role be on this year's team we're also going to take a look at the preseason game tonight and uh s- tell us what we're tell you what we're watching and what we're excited to, to look into tonight as they take on the sixers down in philly so that's all coming up on today's episode of locked on raptors oh because like, when i shot it, i expected to make it so like, i don't shoot kind of miss. So. you are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to episode number 1031 of Locked on Raptors for Thursday, October the 7th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors. And of course, you can subscribe to and or follow the podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps. And we are also on YouTube. We are free across all platforms. So please... Go and check out the show, tell a friend, uh, leave a rating, review, comments, subscribes, all that good stuff that you could do to the podcast on the various platforms of your choosing. And also, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And uh, let's get to it. On today's show, we are talking about Gary Trent Jr., who has been the forgotten man of Raptors training camp. He has been... Out of the lineup, missed the first preseason game, although it looks like he's going to play tonight. Uh, he did win, I believe, one of the championship belts at Raptors training camp yesterday for the uh, deflection drill or whatever it was. So that's exciting news. He seems to be back in the fold and he has kind of gone under the radar because he's not part of this six foot nine vision. He's not Scotty Barnes. He's not one of these guys that everyone's just kind of going crazy over. He's 17 games into his Raptors career, which means I guess he's old news, but we're going to talk about Gary Trent Jr. here and how he's going to fit into this year's team. And we are joined, of course, by Katie Heindel of Yahoo Sports Canada, of Dime, of Dishes and Dimes, literally everywhere. Katie, how's it going?
1: It's going good, man. It's going good. Um but- I can't abide by this gray weather. Did the sun come out this week for more than like 10 minutes yesterday? I don't think so. Yeah,
0: pretty. It was really good lighting. I, I always judge the sunlight by how do I have to turn my light on in my living mm-hmm. room when I record the podcast? And mm-hmm. the light is on today, which means it's too gloomy outside. Yeah, yesterday, the lighting was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was bronze on the on the camera. Uh, not the case today, but now I think just it's supposed like to get
1: sunny later. Vampires. Maybe. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the one nice thing is we're not contending with streaks of light coming across either of our rooms and uh, drowning at our faces with uh, you know beams of sun that I would like to nap in. Um, boy, do I like napped in a sunbeam. Anyway, that is not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> we're here to talk about <laughs> Gary Tread Jr. And I don't know, do you think Gary Tread Jr. is a nap guy, Katie?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Gary yeah. said
1: when he got traded, he said uh, that was like one of the first things someone asked him, like, where was he? What he, what was he doing? He said he was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and, some, and, and he got woken up with the news. I was, and I, right instantly, away, I was like, I like this guy. He's very chill. Yeah,
0: instantly endeared himself to my sensibilities as a man who loves to nap. All the time. Uh, Maybe that's a sign of something dark and sinister going on inside my brain. Who's to say? We're not going to figure that out today. Uh, Katie, uh, (laughs) we're going to talk about Gary Trent Jr. Kind of revisit last season a little bit and just kind of dig into what's real and what's not real from the 17 games he played with the team after being acquired at the deadline. uh, Kind of split up into two sections. There was the right after the trade honeymoon phase where he was bombing threes and setting records and hitting game winners. And everyone thought Gary Trent Jr. is the next coming of Zach Levine and then the last 10 or so games he got into he was hurt coming back from injury and was not shooting quite you know with the same efficiency and uh just kind of looked a bit like a black hole on offense at times not much on the defensive end we're going to dig into what's real and what's not from there we're also just going to talk about what his role on this team should be and then at the end we're going to take a look ahead to what's going on in the preseason game tonight but let's begin with last season Katie again just kind of refresh everybody's memories he was acquired for Norm Powell at the deadline played 17 games for the Raptors upon arriving in Tampa uh, started 15 of them 31.8 minutes a game 16.2 points 3.6 boards 1.3 assists 1.1 steals shot 35.5 percent from three and he had those landmark moments that I talked about He had the game winner going full court against the Washington Wizards which was just an absolute ball of a time uh, you had in addition to that The 44 point game, I believe, against the Cavaliers on 17 of 19 shooting, which I think is the eighth highest scoring game in Toronto Raptors history. And in the back part of the season, he just kind of faded. I'm not sure if it was injury, if it was just, you know, the state of the team, the garbage time nature of the season that by by that point, but he did not look very good. So Katie, I ask you, is Gary Trent Jr. The first Gary Trent Jr. We saw, is he the back part of the season, Gary Trent Jr. We saw, or is he somewhere in between?
1: I don't think he's a, a Gary we've seen yet honestly i think he'll be somewhere in the middle i think that toward mm-hmm. the end of last season my my understanding and i guess reasoning as to why he saw less minutes than when he first arrived was probably just because there were so many other players that nurse was then mm-hmm. kind of working to work into the roster you know that came late um also just like the shape of that season yeah. and everyone being okay <laughs> with that season having a real fade out um and i think in camp so far like he spoke. He came and spoke uh, to media um, during camp, so it's not uh-huh. like they're trying to necessarily keep keep him under wraps, you know. Yeah, um, like he's still out there. He just, yeah, as you mentioned, he hasn't played yet. Um, we'll probably, hopefully, see him tonight. But I think, like, uh, we don't really know. We don't have like a full feel of Gary, also because the way that he plays is definitely going to change this season, um, just given the other guys around him that he didn't necessarily have last season you know a lot, there's going mm-hmm. to be a lot of uh we haven't seen it yet in that first game <laughs> but there's going to be a lot of clarity coming um mm-hmm. but yeah i i guess like uh, be on the lookout for a whole new gary that's how i feel yeah
0: yeah i think you know looking at what happened last season it's not really fair to judge any of it even the really good parts because mm-hmm. that's not the role he's ultimately going to play on the Raptors, right? Like he's not going to be a guy. There was so much. All right, Gary, you have the ball. Go make something happen. Like they're not going to make that a regular staple of their offense this season. There are too many other guys in the team who can handle the ball, who can actually get to the rim, which Gary Trent Jr. You know, bless his heart for having that little mid range that he's kind of cultivated. It's a great counter to his lack of burst and ability to get to the rim. But because he doesn't have that full get to the rim drive by ability, I don't think the Raptors are going to ask him to have the ball in his hands very much. I think he's going to be a guy who finishes plays a lot of the time and is the benefactor of extra attention that's paid towards Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi kind of in a similar vein to what the best versions of Norman Powell were over the years, Mm -hmm. right? Like he was always this great number five option, stick him in the corner and you know, magic happens when it swings to him. Either he's nailing a three breaking the hearts of the Milwaukee Bucks in some way, shape, or form, or he's driving to the basket. Obviously, Trent doesn't have the same sort of driving and dunking sort of uh, cachet that Norm Powell does, but I think it's going to be a similar sort of utility for him, and he just never really got the opportunity last year to play within that construct. He was, again, asked to have the ball in his hands a little too much. He was like the number two option a lot of time when he was out there, and that's just not what we're going to see. So let me ask you katie like in terms of the role for him this season the the way the lineups he's going to fit into like is there a particular sort of deployment of gary trent jr this coming season that you're looking forward to that might give us a better sense of what he actually is going to be for the raptors over the life of this contract that he just signed
1: yeah i don't think i don't think the norm comp is that far off usually i Mm -hmm. try and stay away from these just because like of course that's who we're going to compare him to at this point Mm -hmm. But it is pretty reasonable, and I do think it's pretty apparent that that's what the front office saw in him initially was mm-hmm. like. All right, we can get the return. The return in this is a younger, <laughs> potentially more versatile Norman Powell. Um, mm-hmm. I think the like as you mentioned, like just kind of waiting in the corner is pretty apt. But I also think he's a little bit quicker. He's a little bit quicker on his feet and up close than Powell mm-hmm. was. So I'm sort of to see how he's fit into these like extremely long (laughs) gargantuan (laughs) lineups you know that nurse Mm -hmm. is gonna have and i I, because right now it seems like they're just going all or nothing like nurse just wants to put all those huge guys out on the floor at once he hasn't really started to mix and mingle them which is going to come later when it starts to be apparent like what the deficits are Mm -hmm. it's one thing i think we might miss right off the bat just given, you know, I don't know, there's been some talk around like who is the obvious shooter.
0: Are there mm-hmm. obvious
1: shooters on this team? Um, I don't know that Gary has those little bursts that Powell did, at least mm-hmm. not that we've seen yet. Not to like say he he can't he can't make shots or he can't fill that gap for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but we only really know what we like it sounds very simple, but like we only really know what we know about him so far based on the very small sample size that we saw in Tampa, which is also not the correct like backdrop, like working backdrop that you'd want for any player, let alone, I think, a player like Gary Trent Jr. Um, I mean, I feel pretty heartened by what his attitude seems to be, Um, Mm -hmm. at least the times he's come in and spoke to media. I think he really wants to be... I think he really recognizes that there's a ton of potential uh, and space for him to fill in the gaps that are going to emerge. Yeah. You know because there will be there will be kind of really quick roles eked out quickly and whether or not like he wants to just be a role player that fills those gaps again powell kind of did that sometimes too um but it seems like he's pretty game for it he's like a very mm-hmm. like sanguine <laughs> like level <laughs> guy to to talk to you know yeah. ex like explicitly calm uh, mm-hmm. and super level-headed Uh, And I like that on the floor because it's gonna be a necessary counterbalance, I think, to the frenetic energy that we've seen so far.
0: Yeah, he, his uh, like on mic demeanor very much does not match his like Mm-mm. general vibes purveyor uh, <laughs> sort of uh, <laughs> sensibilities when you see him like on the court or on the bench and all that, which is totally fine. Um, it adds layers and multitudes to Gary Trent Jr. We're going to continue talking about Gary Trent Jr. and where he's going to slot in. I particularly want to know like, do you think he should start this season? Will he be in the starting five for the Raptors? What lineups is he going to slot into, and where will he be best utilized by Nick Nurse? We're going to get to that in one second here, but first. I want to tell you about our friends over at Sweatblock, and I've been talking about Sweatblock for like a month now, and I got to say, it's one of the best products we've ever come across as a sponsor for the network that I've actually gotten to try out. It works. It has really, like, earnestly changed my life because... I'm a sweaty dude. I'm okay saying it. I'm a sweaty dude. I usually have to pick my clothes based on the color. Is it going to hide the sweat? Whenever I go cover a Raptors game, I don't know what it is. It's like the sticky air inside the arena. I'm always kind of sweating through my shirts there too. It's all gross, but guess what? It's not gross anymore because Sweat Block is here. They have Sweat Block antiperspirant wipes. They've got deodorant. They've got a whole bunch of other uh, products for you as well to keep you from excessively sweating. It is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to sleep, next morning you wake up, wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this is going to sound too good to be true, but trust me, I've used it and it works and I am stunned because I've tried every clinical antiperspirant in the world to this point and none of them have worked the way Sweatblock has. It's earnestly changed the way i live my life and it's awesome i can wear pastels again yay if you or someone you love is dealing with this you have to check out Sweatblock. get it today for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on all one word or you can go get it at amazon and cbs as well but you don't get that promo code discount so just go to sweatblock.com get it from the source with the promo code locked on all right we continue on here again thank you for making this uh podcast your first listen of the day katie let's continue on here talking gary trent jr uh i guess the question in everybody's mind i think he was sort of penciled in considering they just invested in him in the offseason what is it 18 million bucks a year in that ballpark he's got the player option for year three uh you know that's an investment they are clearly tied to gary trent jr going forward here There was this sort of assumption, I think, that, okay, he's going to start next to Fred Van Vliet in the backcourt. The starting five will be Fred, Trent, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, probably Kem Birch, and they'll roll with it. And then Pascal Siakam gets hurt. And there's that sort of void in ball handling. And then, you know, Goran Dragic seems to kind of be rising up the charts of, you know, Nick Nurse's faves and gets the start in the first preseason game with no Gary Trent. Looks totally cromulent next to the rest of the starters. And in theory, brings some ball handling to that starting five that could help replace what you lose from Pascal Siakam. In a way, you're not going to replace that with Gary Trent Jr. because of the flaws we talked about in the first segment. So my question to you, Katie, is... Does Gary Trent Jr. start? Does he assume that starting spot next to Fred Van Vliet? Do they go small and start like a a Van Vliet Drogic Trent backcourt with OG and Barnes or OG and Birch or something like that in the starting in the front court? Lots of different options here, but what do you think uh, will happen? What do you think should happen with Gary Trent and his role in the team to start the season?
1: I think it's going to stay lots of options for a long time. I think Mm -hmm. the team is really going to revel in the fluidity that it has um, out Mm -hmm. of necessity, as we talked about earlier and like nurse having to figure a lot, a lot of personnel stuff out. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also think, you know, it was very intriguing when you mentioned the small, the small start, I think like that could work as we saw flashes of that last season too. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it will be determined for a long time, honestly, Uh, at this point, I don't know that Gary should start. Um, I'm not saying, like, I agree with you. I think the team made a significant investment in him. Um, But I also think that we know of the Toronto Raptors, when they make those investments, they're also willing to put work in and help those guys develop and come along and get them to a point where they can succeed when they step into those roles, especially if that's going to be a starter, um, and not just sort of toss them into it and see how they fare.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... I'm with you. I don't think he should be, like, guaranteed a starting job or anything like that. I don't think anybody's guaranteed their sort of preconceived role coming into camp, right? I think Mm -hmm. we've already kind of talked about this this week with Malachi Flynn. And, you know, is he in jeopardy of maybe losing that backup starting or point guard job to Delano Banton or someone like that? Um, So, yeah, I, I think there will be a lot of fluidity here. I think, honestly, without Pascal Siakam, I really do kind of vibe with the idea of starting Drogic at the two, at least to start the season, just because that extra ball handling will be so helpful. It's going to take some of the burden off of OG and Anobi. And I just think, you know, if your two ball handlers that you're kind of trusting are Fred and OG, and you don't really have anything else, anyone else who can kind of fill in those gaps, maybe Scotty Barnes could if you were to start. You know, Fred, Trent, OG, Barnes as your one through four, but that's a lot to ask of a rookie out of, out of the gate at, to sort of fill in for Pascal Siakam and you know grease the wheels of the half court offense. So I, I'm kind of on the on the tip of. Start Drogic to start the year until Siakam's back, and then reevaluate re- after that, and see how Trent fares with those second units. Can he offer some of that, like you know, electric scoring to those second units, which obviously really struggled to score last year? I don't think it'll be the same problem this season necessarily because there mm-hmm. are a little bit more. Uh, there's a little bit more in terms of juice in that second unit, but you know, I think there's a, a good reason to put him there. I ultimately think, you know, Gary Trent's going to play in a lot of lineups for the Raptors, a lot of important lineups. He's going to close games. I think his shooting is so valuable that, um, you know, I I could see some of the Raptors' best lineups featuring him for sure. I also think it's going to be important that he's paired with good defenders at all times. Like, I don't think you should really see him and Drogic play together as much as I just suggested that small starting lineup. I think having those two guys on your wings is probably overburdening OG, Fred, the rest of the guys defensively a little bit too much because you know as much as trent came in as like this guy hallowed as a good defender i think that he was really a benefactor of playing next to cj mccollum and damian lillard and it was like oh he's the best defender on the blazers must be good but like come on um so i am curious to see like can he actually take some strides on that end he did average a steal a game with the raptors last season which is encouraging you know he's getting in those passing lanes and whatnot but I, i think ultimately You know, the starting question doesn't quite matter as much. I think Mm -hmm. closing lineups will be heavy on those strong defensive types that the Raptors like to roll out. You know, I could see a Fred, Trent, OG, Siakam, Barnes lineup, for example, being a closing look they go to and, you know, having enough shooting around Barnes to, you know, justify it and enough defense around Trent to justify his shooting being out there. Um, Do you have any other sort of opinions on where and when Trent should be kind of inserted into the lineup? Um, You know, in particular, I guess, You know, the ways in which he can kind of be used in the half court offense to help grease the wheels, because obviously the half court offense has been a struggle Mm -hmm. for the team for years. And, you know, he does offer that shooting that can kind of add a little bit of breath into things. How how do you sort of view his deployment as just like an offensive tool to help grease things along here?
1: Well, I just want to acknowledge your huge uh, dragage bias. First of all, (laughs) I know it's there. Um, I know.
0: I know. (laughs) I'm the, I'm the droggage boy. It's fine. I I think he's going to be good. I don't know. All
1: right. I don't know. I don't know that it's like one, I want to say fair, but also realistic to put a lot of these deficits that the team has uh, on Gary's shoulders. One, Mm -hmm. because it's like way too early still, I think, to tell with him and two, because I don't know that he's that player for them. Um, I'm more curious to see where he fits once things start to settle and Siakam comes back Uh, because then we might see more harking back to what things looked like when he first arrived last season. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're like less one Kyle Lowry and it's going to be a huge difference, but um, I don't know. I think there's like a lot of. ceiling, (laughs) not just Mm -hmm. for him, but for the team kind of to, to form around him. And I like that they, I don't know, I like that they invested in him. He's literally the only guy on the team I think could wear leather pants. Um, <laughs> it's important to me. No, I don't know, dude. I just like, uh, I like him. There's something special about about Gary Trent. And I think mm-hmm. we haven't necessarily seen it yet. I don't think even Portland fans yet with the, with where he kind of was situated on that team. I think he's yeah. a player that's shown and has said, you know, pretty explicitly he's ready for more responsibility and more minutes. And he understands, mm-hmm. I think that within the Raptor system for that to happen, you have also got to prove it, you know, and, and put the work in. And I think he has, I think the fact that like, yeah, maybe he was a little bit, he was absent in that first game and he's been a bit more sparse uh, in camp so far, but he's still like showing up. He's like talking. I don't know everything he said thus far. We saw him at media day, right? Yeah. He saw him at media yeah, day. At, yeah. Yeah, Mostly think, yeah. just got
0: asked questions about being in Toronto for the first time in many oh, yeah. different forms. The housing, yeah. yeah, the housing market. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It uh, I don't know that I have more uh, cohesive things to add than what we've already said, other than yeah. I think it will be... He's going to be another very interesting piece to see where he fits in this very interesting, uh, likely very exciting season.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would add two last points. One... Keep in mind, Gary Tran Jr. is still 22 years old. He doesn't turn 23 nice. till January. I believe nice. that puts him as the third or fourth youngest member of the team ahead of just the dudes they drafted last year. He's insanely young. There's lots of room for him to improve and grow and all that stuff. And you put him in the Raptors' developmental chamber or whatever we call it, That I think some good things are going to come out of it. Number two, I think... I expect Gary Trent Jr., I don't know if people even track this. I think Gary Trent Jr. is going to lead the team this year in open threes taken. Just because I think when he's out there, he's going to really benefit from the extra attention paid to Siakam, Ananobi, mm-hmm. Van Vliet. You know, I don't know if he's gonna again put the ball on the deck all that often. And you know, that mid range shot, we'll see if that can kind of hold up and become a reliable weapon for him to offset his three point threat but I think he's going to get a ton of open looks with a fully healthy roster this season. And I think that is going to be fun to watch because he's been a dead eye shooter his entire career. He dropped off a little bit last year in the weird circumstances after that great start um, shot just 35.5% for the Raptors last season, but on his career, 39.3% on five attempts at game. The last two seasons, 39 and 40% uh, with the, or sorry, last, uh, yeah, last full season with Portland. Then in his last half season with the, Blazers as well. 42 and then 40% on, you know, seven attempts a game or, or four and a half attempts in 2019-20. Either way, taking a lot of attempts, hitting a lot of threes. I think he's going to be a leader for the Raptors in that department and I'd like to see them use him as like that sort of dead eye shooter type. Like run him off of screens like he's JJ Redick. Have him be that sort of like guy who's constantly kind of moving away from the ball and drawing the attention because he has that gravity. He might be the best pure shooter on the team and They should take advantage of that and use it to all of their advantage. Um, I'm going to continue on here. We're going to continue on here. And we're going to talk about the preseason game tonight, Raptors Sixers. We're going to kind of dig into some of our favorite storylines to watch as the second preseason game is nigh. But first, we should tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best-tasting protein bars in the world. I'm telling you, they're really, really good. They have nine staple flavors in their regular lineup. They also have limited-time flavors that pop up from time to time as well, including Cookie Dough Chunk, Grasshopper Cookie is a really good one too, and their staple lineup has some great ones as well. Orange is really great. It tastes like a Terry's Chocolate Orange but is not as unhealthy as one it's much better for you and i think you should have it also mint brownie is i think the uh, the bell of the ball when it comes to built bar flavors but that's just me my opinion's wonderful but if you don't believe me try for yourself uh go and uh, check out all of the macros as well the the health details 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 much less than your standard candy bar and just four or five grams of sugar and four or five grams of net carbs in all of their flavors All great flavors, all tasty, all good for you. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. And today's show is brought to you as well by BetOnline.ag, who are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use your promo code locked on as well all one word that'll get you that 50 welcome bonus plus you can bet on other things too basketball is coming up if you want to hit that over on the raptors i think it's at 36 and a half right now throw some money down if you think the raptors are going to be good and win some games you could win yourself some money while also watching a fun and cool basketball team you can also you bet on other things like boxing or baseball playoffs or your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, Katie, let's round this out with some thoughts on tonight's preseason game. The Raptors are in Philly. They traveled down there yesterday. Lots of good, wholesome, plain content from the social team over at the Raptors, uh, and they take on Philly tonight. I'm guessing we'll see Joel Embiid tonight and probably Tobias Harris. They missed the first preseason game in Toronto, but you'd figured they want to get those guys some reps at some point. I hope they play because we didn't get to see the Raptors reckon with the challenge that is Joel Embiid. And I think that certainly changes the dynamic of anything you're going to do against the Sixers. Um, Anything in particular, any players that you're keen on watching, you know, sort of with a more close lens tonight, Katie, as the Raptors get into their second preseason game?
1: Uh, If the Sixers have Embiid out uh, and Tobias Harris, I would be curious to see how they square, how Scotty kind of squares himself against them uh, in that situation. I think Mm he fared incredibly well well uh granted it's like a, a game but i think he fared incredibly mm-hmm. well on that stage this will be his sort of first away game in that sense mm-hmm. too um i don't know it was kind of interesting to me when we were at the game on monday because i thought the team granted it was not with like a complete sixers team but i mm-hmm. thought the raptors looked fairly cohesive much more mm-hmm. than i thought they would coming out of the gate there were some mm-hmm. very rangy moments <laughs> and flashes, <laughs> like more sprawling than anything else. But I thought they collected themselves really well. I thought you could have played incredibly well and was yeah. just like a man possessed, um, precious, incredible. So I'm curious to see if they kind of stick with that uh, consistency. Because to me, mm-hmm. they, end, they ended up looking – Kind of like two of the more complete players on the floor in stretches. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes, I think more than Fred. But I think Fred VanVleet was also just taking a little bit of a deserved backseat um, yeah, and as he should. Yeah, and letting <laughs> yeah, letting those new guys kind of shine and figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, same with OG. Like he played ex- like pretty quiet for him. But again, like I don't mind them doing that now because the interest is in what's going on with like more than half the team is brand yeah. new <laughs> um so yeah i guess i'm curious too to see like what the reception is in philly more personally um mm. how big that crowd is uh, and what they sort of look like i you know mostly i'm just stoked to see scotty barnes um the scotty Barnes show continue
0: Yeah, I mean, Scotty is going to be attraction number one, I think, all season long because everything that dude does is entertaining, whether it's running through the tunnel like a child, uh, (laughs) getting ready to jump on the floor, whether it's uh, hyping up Goran Dragic, whether it's uh, soaring coast to coast for uh, sweet-ass transition assists. He does it all, and he is a delight to watch. I think he's story number one, basically, for every preseason game that he plays in. Um, I'm also interested, I think OG Ananobi... And how he handles the Sixers defense again, especially if Embiid's playing, I think is going to be interesting. You know, they sent some doubles his way in that first game and he managed pretty well. He only had the one assist, but I thought he kind of evaded trouble quite well. Only had one turnover in the game and then he had the really efficient 21 on 7 of 12 shooting. You know, can he continue, you know, even if it's quiet? It's almost more encouraging if he's putting up 20 points quietly because that means mm-hmm. if he's kind of asserting and putting himself at the four- forefront of the game that there might be some more there to kind of expand upon as well so that's another one um and, and then i think malachi flynn is a really fascinating storyline for the preseason as well we heard those comments from nick nurse earlier this week talking about you know guys who maybe had jobs kind of shirt up going into camp maybe getting challenged. There's no. We we talked about this with Vivek a couple days ago. Like, there's no guarantee that that was about Malachi Flynn, but you can kind of put two and two together and draw the lines and play connect the dots. You know, what are you hoping to see from Flynn? Do you want to see him play like a heavy minutes load tonight? Are you content with it sort of being a well? If you haven't earned it, and Delano Banton's playing better, then you don't get those minutes. What's your sort of view on how Flynn should be utilized tonight?
1: I didn't necessarily read it, but Nurse was actually talking about malachi at all uh with okay. that i think that was more of like these remaining roster spots because he keeps touching on those things um sure. and what that's going to look like but how also like quickly they're going to come up when you start counting and i asked him this and then he did literally start counting on his fingers all the like guaranteed <laughs> spots on the roster and i was like yeah it's like when you get down to it there's not that much room left
0: yeah. um
1: for malachi i think just a bit more assertiveness but i think that's something that I wanted to see last season too. I don't necessarily yeah. think it was also the correct environment for it. So that might come a little bit more naturally. Um mm-hmm. he wasn't he played, he came in, I think, toward the end of the third in the Yeah, in he only played game. second half minutes. Like yeah. he
0: played thirteen total. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And I
1: didn't like I thought he did well, like all things mm-hmm. considered, you know. Um yeah, malachi I'm just like, there's still it's just there's not enough there's the sample size is too small, you know? To yeah. get this,
0: like like <laughs> And there's too many tonight. dudes. There's, there's dudes so all dudes. over. There's
1: dudes there's everywhere. So many dudes. And like we're still like I'm not 100% sure that we'll see Kim tonight. Like there's still yeah. a lot of dudes who we haven't yet seen and how they're going to mm-hmm. fit into things, you know? So um just be prepared for more dudes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's that's the best way we could sum it up. Uh, by the way, one of the other dudes I'm intrigued by, Justin Champenny, was quietly really good in that first preseason game. I watched it back uh, a couple nights ago and was just kind of taking it back. Like, oh, this guy is just like wherever you need him to be all the time. He gets 17 and 10 with like three assists. I'm fascinated by that guy. It seems like Nick Nurse loves him too. So uh, yeah, I am going to be keen in on watching him because he will play it seems he only got his knee banged up doesn't seem like there's any sort of damage or anything like that so hopefully we continue to see the strong camp and preseason for champenny continue along as well he knows he's got a sort of quote-unquote roster spot locked up as one of the two-way guys which is nice um like we said on a couple days ago i think there's really two spots available on the roster at this point if we're mm-hmm. gonna pencil in fema hi luke into the 13th man role you know, two spots up for grabs. Uh, I'm really curious to see how those shake out here. But, Katie, that feels like a good place to leave off today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. As always, where can people check out all of your wonderful work?
1: Um, You can go to basketballfeelings.com.
0: yes it's got a url now (laughs)
1: Woo! a website it's a website now Uh, and you can follow me on twitter at whatevs to find anything else that i'm working on which right now is a lot so that will come out into the world within the coming weeks
0: yeah you are uh you got your fingers in lots of pies um which is uh, sounds gross but it's good uh (laughs) <laughs> um and yeah, you go read basketball feelings, go subscribe to basketball feelings. It's uh one of the seminal works of basketball writing of the last 10 years. I don't care, I'll say it. Go subscribe to basketball feelings, it's the greatest <laughs> thing in the whole wide world. Um, on tomorrow's podcast, just to tease ahead, Ben Carlos from your Crack team at Yahoo Sports Canada uh, is going to be on the podcast to break down the Sixers game. That's going to be fun. He's making his podcast debut, uh, so that'll be great. And then next week, we got lots of fun stuff planned, including our pal Javon Shepherd's going to stop by at one point. And I'm hoping to bring back a return guest who, Katie, you know, I don't want to tease it just yet, just in case it doesn't get landed, but he's been on before. He hosts a particular show that appears on the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation Or is that what the C stands for in CBC? I'm not even sure. But either way, it's coming back, I believe, October the 17th. The same day as Succession. It's just a huge day for my two favorite television shows and one of the hosts of the second of those shows. We're not getting Ken Roy from Succession, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Jeremy Strong, not much for the Raptors. But the other guy who's debuting that night uh, should be on uh, next week. and We will have a wonderful time talking to him as he is a big, big Raptors fan. That's the tease you get there. That's it for today's show. Thank you for making us your first listen. Go make your second listen. Locked on NBA is there covering the league, all the preseason games going on, all the big storylines, probably lots of Ben Simmons talk as well, and uh, so much more. So go check them out. And we will talk to you again tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye.